I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. There are those in Star Trek who make mistakes and those who are never given the chance to show what they're really made of, whether it's behind-the-scenes reason like the writers being unable to figure out what to do with them or an on-screen reason like an untimely death, some characters simply don't get a satisfying depiction. With that in mind, I'm Sean Ferrick for Trek Culture, and here are 10 Star Trek characters who need to be redeemed. 10. The Equinox Crew The crew that remain on Voyager from the doomed USS Equinox are stripped of all rank at the beginning of Star Trek Voyager's sixth season. They are then integrated into the main crew, having been informed that they will not be given an easy ride. They need to earn the trust of their peers and crewmates, along with privileges. With this stern talking to off Captain Janeway, they leave the conference room and get to work. They are never seen again. What are they doing? Do they all survive the next two years in the Delta Quadrant? Do they ever get treatment for the psychological damage left on them during their time aboard the Equinox? They're all members of Starfleet, even if they forgot the main rules of the organization for a little while. They did, in essence, follow the commands of their captain and first officer. While that doesn't excuse their actions completely, one has to wonder what they would have done, or what they would have had done to them had they resisted. Therefore, checking back in with how the crew got on board Voyager is both essential and a large oversight on the show's part. The autobiography of Catherine Janeway by Dr. Una McCormick addresses this and is a fantastic read. 9. Captain Gabriel Lorca The audience has yet to meet the prime version of Captain Gabriel Lorca, with him presumably having been killed in the Mirror Universe. That means that every moment of footage featuring Jason Isaacs in Star Trek to date has been a different character from the one mentioned here, yet those who know him seem to rank him as one of the most decorated officers in Starfleet. Admiral Katrina Cornwell knew Lorca well, though perhaps not well enough to realise that the Mirror version of him wasn't the main man. But with Star Trek Discovery having jumped forward into the 32nd century, how can a good version of Lorca appear on our screens. Easy. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. That series will focus on Pike and it will take place around the same time as Discovery left, meaning Lorca could very easily appear in the show. So too could Philippa Giorgio, which would suggest that it could be her that saves him from the dreaded Mirror Universe. As it stands, the man was simply sent off to die in another universe with no chance of being saved. Bring him back, we say. Let's see if he's really as good as he seems. 8. Alexander Alexander Roshenko, son of Worf, is one of the great underused characters in Star Trek. He's very similar to his father father and how he was brought up, yet for some reason he ends up as a bumbling adult with no true place on a Klingon vessel. The Dominion War ends up requiring every able-bodied warrior to take their place in the fleet, and Alexander barely qualifies for that description. He's clearly out of his depth, with many examples of mistakes and simple errors stacking up against him. Though he tries to act the part of a Klingon, he never truly manages to play the part. The issue here is that enlisting in the Klingon Defence Forces was 
was never the right path for Alexander to take. He should have attempted to enter Starfleet, if anything. Having been raised by his half-human mother and his fully human grandparents, he was closer in every way to Earth and its people. Worf succeeded in his attempts to be Klingon because he never truly shied away from it. Alexander simply tried to do an about-face too late in life. The result is that this left him looking like a bit of a fool, when in fact he's really the wrong tool for the job. 7. Agnes Jurati Dr. Jurati should have been a compelling character to follow in Star Trek Picard. However, a slightly rushed story arc left her in the strange position of being a murderer who's just sort of there by the end of the season. Even Jurati herself seems not to know what's going on as she asks if she's still under arrest for the murder of Bruce Maddox or not. Agnes Jurati is a brilliant scientist who was led astray by Commodore O, having been show a shadow of the admonition, the prophecy that machine life would come and wipe out all organic life in the galaxy. This is not given nearly enough time to breathe before Jurati is flung into several high-stakes situations, adapting herself well enough without receiving much character development. The thing is, she's brilliant in her field, though this was barely mentioned once in the season. She needs to be given an opportunity to show exactly how good she is, how smart she is, and what she can bring to the crew of La Serena. We do not need another season to end with her simply being present on the ship, offering the odd joke here and there. She is better than that. 6. The Vidians The Vidians are one of the great villains of the early seasons of Star Trek Voyager. They're something like vampires stealing organs from alien races to refresh their decaying bodies. The disease the phage is destroying their entire race, pushing them to commit mass acts of atrocities against anyone unlucky enough to stumble in their paths. Though horrific, they are sympathetic from the start. Neelix is the first member of the crew to fall victim to them, though when the ship catches up to the Vidians, they agree to help him as best they can. The next few encounters are less successful, though Dr. Denara Pell stands as a shiny example that these people are not evil, they're simply desperate. The episode Think Tank suggests that the Vidians have finally been cured of the phage. That is an enormous shift in the quadrant, as they have become greatly feared due to their attacks, yet without the disease destroying them, there's no longer any need for them to continue their horrific campaign of violence. Star Trek Prodigy is set in the Delta Quadrant, so it would be fantastic to see a fully cured and healthy Vidian race, and to see now what has become of them. 5. Admiral Layton Admiral Layton is best remembered as the head of Starfleet Security, the former commander of the USS Okinawa, and the man who recommended Captain Sisko for his position of commander of Deep Space Nine. He's a fiercely patriotic man who believes that above all else, the security of Earth was paramount in protecting the Federation against a Dominion invasion. His actions in this regard have tarnished the man's legacy. Fearing that Federation President Jarish Inyo would not do anything to protect the planet without a serious shock, he orchestrated a Starfleet shadow attack on the planet, shutting down the power all over the world. Using the trans- transporters on the USS Lakota, he was seemingly able to coordinate a rapid recovery, earning him praise from the Federation and new powers. However, these events led him to believe that only he could lead Starfleet against the Dominion, sinking into dreams of a coup d'etat. It fell on Captain Sisko to arrest him, with Captain Benteen, his former protege, rebelling against him as well. The way he went about his actions were entirely wrong though his motivations were sound. His fate was never discussed, so there is nothing to suggest he wasn't given his commission back when the Dominion War, the very event he was trying to ensure Earth against, broke out. One wonders if he would have had a very severe, I told you so, look on his face when they unlocked that cell. 4. Cal Hudson Calvin Hudson was an academy friend of Ben Sisko's, also a commander, on assignment to the Demilitarized Zone in the years leading up to the outbreak of war with the Cardassians. Like many other veterans of the earlier Cardassian wars, he never trusted those foes again, eventually joining the Maquis to fight them. Hudson is a little different from Michael Eddington, who would also betray his uniform and go on to lead the Maquis, as his path for fighting is clearly forged in bloodshed. Living with the colonists day in, day out, he has to watch the difficulties that the treaty has put them under. While there are several admirals in Starfleet who adopt a 
well, tough luck stance, Hudson and several others besides begin to act on their feelings. While he has no qualms about attacking Cardassians, he has no wish to hurt any Starfleet officers. He stops short of attacking Sisko, though he's happy enough to stun him to allow his escape. He receives the indignity of an off-screen death, which precludes the notion of ever giving him a proper redemption. However, out of almost everyone on this list, Hudson's motivations were the most understandable, with his betrayal nowhere near as painful as some of the rest. 3. Kess Kess was the Ocampa member of Voyager's crew who suffered mostly from behind-the-scenes issues. The writers had, by the end of the third season, run out of things to do with her. Therefore, she evolved into a higher being and was sent on her merry way, with barely a word said about it for years afterwards. She was, however, seemingly ecstatic with the changes she was going through. Flash forward to the sixth season episode, Fury. Suddenly, Kess is a vengeful being full of rage, intent on destroying Voyager while saving herself in the past. Almost nothing is explained about her time away from the ship, making her wrathful return completely completely out of left field. The Kess of the first three seasons wouldn't hurt a fly. This Kess would annihilate the swarm. This entry is more about fully exploring what drove Kess to act the way that she did, as this sudden and rapid change in character was jarring. Indeed, Fury regularly turns up toward the bottom of many rankings, not because it's a bad episode, but because it's the sequel to a story the audience never got to see. Either it needs to be stricken from history, or Kess needs to be better explored to explain this direction. 2. Captain Benjamin Maxwell Captain of the USS Phoenix, Benjamin Benjamin Maxwell almost brought the Alpha Quadrant to war several years before Ben Sisko managed that achievement. Like O'Brien, with whom he served on the USS Rutledge, Maxwell was a veteran of the Cardassian Wars that preceded the events of the next generation. In the fourth season episode, The Wounded, he becomes an example of PTSD. He lost his family to the Cardassians in the massacre on Setlick 3, never truly recovering. Unable to face the future without making those responsible pay, he took his vessel into Cardassian territory and began destroying targets that he felt were either enemy vessels or state grounds for an all-out assault. This dragged the Enterprise-D into the conflict when they were attacked by a Cardassian Galar-class warship. Starfleet were not willing to support Maxwell in this endeavour, desperate to hold on to the peace that had been agreed at the end of the war. As Maxwell saw it, that peace was meaningless when only one side was honouring it. Time would prove him correct, with no mention of him being reinstated during the Dominion War. Although his actions were preemptive and dangerous, this man was correct in his assertions. 1. Rolaren Rolaren is a character who needs to be given not only redemption, but a full pardon from Starfleet. Although it's true she did betray the Federation to aid the Maquis, she was absolutely correct in her theory that the Cardassians were not holding up their side of the bargain. Michelle Forbes first appeared in the fifth season episode Ensign Roe, depicting a character that Star Trek had not yet fully explored. She didn't care about the chain of command and, frankly, didn't care about the prestige of serving aboard the Enterprise. She and Riker butted heads almost immediately and even Picard was not above her scorn. Over the course of that first episode and those that followed, she more than earned her place on the ship. In Disaster, she is instrumental in saving the Enterprise, while in Rascal, she's a vital part of their mission to retake the ship from the Ferengi. However, she was and remains Bajoran, dealing with the atrocities visited on her people by the Cardassians during the occupation. The destruction of the Maquis by the Jem'Hadar aside, the audience was never given definitive proof that Lieutenant Rowe was dead. Therefore, it would be quite something to see a reunion between her and Picard, allowing both to better understand the other. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.